0: The Gift of the Magi, by O. Henry.
1: One dollar and eighty-seven cents. Is that all? And sixty cents in pennies?
0: Three times Della counted it. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer, and the vegetable man, and the butcher, until her cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such close dealing implied. Three times Della counted the money.
1: One dollar and eighty-seven cents, and tomorrow is Christmas.
0: (laughs) There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and howl. So Della did it. (laughs) Which instigates the moral reflection that life is made up of sobs, sniffles, and smiles, with sniffles predominating. While the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, take a look at the home. A furnished flat at eight dollars per week. Small and neat, but that's about all that could be said for it. In the vestibule below was a letter box into which no letter would go, and an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring. And there was a card bearing the name Mr. James Dillingham Young. The Dillingham had been posted on the door during a former period of prosperity, when its possessor was being paid $30 a week. Now, when the income had shrunk to $20, they were thinking seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming D. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat, he was called... Jim. And greatly hugged by Mrs. James Dillingham Young, already introduced to you as... Stella! She finished her cry and attended to her cheeks with a powder rag. She stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat, walking a gray fence in a gray backyard.
1: Tomorrow is Christmas Day, and I have only one dollar and eighty-seven cents to buy Jim a present. After saving every penny I could for months.
0: Twenty dollars a week doesn't go far, and expenses had been greater than she had calculated. They always are.
1: Only a dollar eighty seven to buy a present for my Jim. I wanted something nice for him, something fine and rare, something just a little bit near to being worthy of the honor of being owned by Jim.
0: There was a pier glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you have seen a pier glass in an eight dollar flat. A very thin and very agile person may, by observing his reflection in a rapid sequence of longitudinal strips, obtain a fairly accurate conception of his looks. Della being slender, had mastered the art. Suddenly she whirled from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brilliantly, but her face had lost its color within twenty seconds. Rapidly she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its full length. Now there were two possessions of the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. If the Queen of Sheba lived in the flat across the air shaft,
2: you could let your hair hang out the window one day to dry just to depreciate Her Majesty's jewels and gifts.
1: And if King Solomon were the janitor, with all his treasures piled up in the basement, you could pull out your watch every time he passed, just to see him pluck at his beard from envy.
0: So now, Della's beautiful hair fell about her, rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. It reached below her knees and made itself almost a garment for her. And then she did it up again nervously and quickly. Once, she faltered for a minute and stood still while a tear or two splashed on the worn carpet. Then on went her old brown jacket, on went her old brown hat. With a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she fluttered out the door and down the stairs to the street. She stopped at a sign which read,
1: Madame sophronie hair goods of all kinds.
0: Up one flight, Della ran and collected herself. Madame was large, chilly, and hardly looked the Sophronie.
1: Will you buy my hair?
0: Well, I buy
1: hair. Uh, take your hat off, and let's have a sight at the looks of
0: it. Down rippled the brown cascade.
1: Oh, let me see, well... <clears throat> Well, uh... Twenty dollars, I guess. Give it to me. Quick.
0: The next two hours tripped by on rosy wings. Della was ransacking the stores for Jim's present.
1: No, no. Too ordinary. No, thank you. Not what I'm looking for. Ooh, at last... Now this has been made for Jim and no one else. I've seen nothing like it.
0: It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by meretricious ornamentation, as all good things should do.
1: It's even worthy of the watch. This must be Jim's. It's like him. Quietness and value...
0: Twenty-one dollars they took from her, and she hurried home with the eighty-seven cents.
1: With that chain, Jim can be properly anxious about the time in any company.
0: Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly, on account of the old leather strap that he used in place of a chain. When Della reached home, her intoxication gave way a little to prudence and reason. She got out her curling irons and lighted the gas and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love, which is always a tremendous task, dear friends, a mammoth task. Within forty minutes, her head was covered with tiny, close-lying curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully, and critically.
1: Well... If Jim doesn't kill me before he takes a second look at me, he'll say I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and eighty-seven cents?
0: She then rushed around wildly preparing for Jim's return.
1: Seven o'clock. Coffee made, flat neat, frying pan on the back of the stove and ready to cook the chops. All right. Jim was
0: never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand and sat on the corner of the table near the door that he always entered. When she heard his step on the stair, away down on the first flight, she turned white for just a moment. She had a habit of saying little prayers about the simplest everyday things, and now she whispered,
1: Please, God, let him think I am still pretty.
0: The door opened, and Jim stepped inside the door, as immovable as a setter at the scent of a quail. His eyes were fixed upon Della, and there was an expression in them that she could not read, and it terrified her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor disapproval, nor horror, nor any of the sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her, fixedly, with that peculiar expression on his face. Della wriggled off the table and went to him.
1: "'Jim, darling, don't look at me that way. I had my hair cut off and sold because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It'll grow out again. You won't mind, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast.' Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you.
2: You've cut off your hair?
1: Cut it off and sold it. Don't you like me just as well anyhow? I'm me without my hair, aren't I?
0: Jim looked about the room curiously. You say your hair is gone?
1: You needn't look for it. "'It's sold, I tell you, sold and gone, too. "'It's Christmas Eve, Jim. "'Be good to me, for it went for you. "'Maybe the hairs of my head were numbered, "'but nobody could ever count my love for you. "'Shall I put the chops on, Jim?'
0: "'Jim seemed to wake quickly out of his trance. "'He enfolded his Della in his arms.' For ten seconds, let us regard with discreet scrutiny some inconsequential object in the opposite direction. Eight dollars a week, or a million a year. What's the difference? The Magi brought valuable gifts, but that loving sacrifice was not among them. This dark assertion will be illuminated later on. Jim drew a package from his overcoat pocket and threw it on the table.
2: Don't make any mistake about me, Dell. I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut, a shampoo, or a shave that could make me like my girl any less. But if you'll unwrap that package, you may see why you had me going a while at first.
0: White fingers and nimble tore at the string and paper, and then an ecstatic scream of joy... (gasps) and then, alas! a quick feminine change to hysterical tears and wails-"The
2: comb!"--necessitating
0: immediate emolument of the comforting powers of the lord of the flat. "There,
2: there, now, Della, oh, please don't cry!"--a
0: set of combs, side okay. and back, that Della had worshipped long in a Broadway window-beautiful combs, pure tortoise shell, with jeweled rims, just the shade to wear in the beautiful vanished hair. They were expensive combs, she knew, and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession. And now they were hers, but the tresses that should have adorned the coveted adornments were gone. But she hugged them to her bosom, and at length she was able to look up with dim eyes and a smile and say,
1: "'My hair grows so fast, Jim. Oh, oh, but look, you have not seen your present.' Look, isn't it a dandy, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on the chain.
0: Instead of obeying, Jim tumbled down on the couch and put his hands under the back of his head and smiled. Del,
2: let's put our Christmas gifts away and keep them a while. They're too nice to use just that present. Jim? I sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs. Oh, darling. (laughs) And
0: now suppose you put those chops on. (laughs) The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here we have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But a last word to the wise folk of these days. Let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, they are the wisest. Everywhere, they are the wisest. They are the Magi.
1: Tis the gift to be simple, tis the
2: gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we and when we find ourselves in the place just right twill be in the valley of love and delight when true simplicity is gained to bow and to bend we shan't be ashamed to turn To turn it will be our delight, and And by turning, turning, turning,